This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com. Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, the Bobby Orr! For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. With writer and producer Brian DeFelice. Brian DeFelice is an emerging talent. Bridget Prude. Yeah, he's a little bit on the hot seat. Burn him! And WEEI.com Bruins writer Scott McLaughlin. Oh, great Scott. Lace him up for some bees talk right now. I'm looking at a It's the Skate Pod on WEEI. Welcome into episode 118 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian DeFelice, joined by Bridget Prue and Scott McLaughlin. And we come to you tonight after the Bruins' first game of the season, first win of the season down in Washington. They beat the Capitals 5-2. Goal scorers, David Pasternak, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Taylor Hall, Hampus Lindholm. So the big boys came to play um, in an important first game of the year to get everybody feeling good and get two points in the bank. So just quickly, guys, um, what do you want to start off with here? Well... Might as well start with uh, Pasternak and Krejci because it was really their night uh, and, you know, a great first impression of just how fun it, it's going to be to watch them together this season. Pasternak a goal and three assists. Krejci a goal and two assists. Uh, they had a couple other chances that they were able to create that they didn't finish. Um, not a perfect night. They were also on the ice for, for both goals against. Not – I don't – necessarily think either was like really their fault. You know, Krejci has a puck bounce over his stick. Um, Mike Riley was caught up ice on both of them. One goes back the other way after Pasternak has a shot blocked. So, you know, they're kind of like they're involved in them. They're on the ice. That's, you know, a mark against, but uh, they combine for really three goals because they're, they're also the, where Pasternak specifically is the one out there when Hall scores, uh, he sets him up. So just a, a great night for them. And, you know, I think they're fortunate to, to run into a Capitals team that really didn't seem very well put together defensively. I think, I think the Bruins and specifically that line had a lot more space than they're going to have in most games. But, hey, that's, you know, that's what you get early in the season. Uh, we saw the Bruins – be pretty sloppy defensively at times as well. So, you know, just a, a great game for Pasternak, you know, all the contract talk and all that. Like, I, I never thought it was going to affect him anyways. And it seems like, his, you know, price tag's only going to go up on him if he keeps playing like this. And Krejci, first game back after a year off, didn't look like he missed much. And, you know, he was, he was great. Like, he... He was up up to pace. He was good defensively. You know, great chemistry with Pasternak. So to me, that's the biggest takeaway is just how great those two looked. It was. It was so entertaining. This was, I think I mentioned this in one of our preseason podcasts, that the thing I was looking forward to most was watching this line because just knowing how, well, I guess originally we thought it was going to be Hall and Krejci and how great that that worked out, but Zaka has been working out great there too and just how fun it was going to see for Krejci and Pasternak because Krejci has the best ability to just set him up. Like he just knows where he is. And another thing I I mentioned before was just that that line seems to think faster. (laughs) It just seems to, you know, first of all, be more creative. Uh, We saw that on a few different plays. Like there was one where, first of all, Pasternak, one of 
you know, his goal in the high slot, just like spinning around and shooting it. And I don't, I don't think many people saw that coming. And then there was another play where, you know, I think it was Pasternak did a backhand no look pass to Krejci who slid it over for Zaka and, and Krejci put it between his legs and, you know, Zaka tried to shoot on the backhand. It was just a very pretty looking um, hockey when they were clicking out there, which was most of the time. Yeah, I mean, they looked they looked pretty good. I mean, Pasternak looked very, very comfortable. He looked like he was 100%, um, which obviously the last couple of years has been different reasons, um, you know, health and otherwise where, you know, it, he hasn't had um, he hasn't had reason to, to start the year 100%, and he seems to be going full steam ahead right now. The thing I liked about his goal was the um, just the work work down low and the puck protection, and it, it wasn't he wasn't soft on the puck. Not that I I don't think that Pasternak is soft in the puck. I think he gets uh, a lot of crap from people locally about that. I, I think I think he uh, you know sure there's times where maybe he would want to play back, and certainly when he was younger. But now, at this point in his career, he's you know 20, 25, 26 years old, and you know he's he's strong in the puck, and that was just a, an example of it. Um, you know, Krejci, it's not like he wasn't playing hockey last year, right? I mean, it's the Czech league isn't, you know, it's not the NHL, but he was still, he was still, you know, and what he was lacking in NHL competition speed, he, uh, he was gaining confidence being the best player on the ice and just that, that translates to, so yeah, he wasn't playing against NHL caliber skaters, but you know, he does have confidence to bring over to, to his season right now. Um, you know, Taylor Hall gets engaged right away, you know, on the score sheet, um, scoring as well as a couple, a couple amount of penalties. So not, you don't want to see those penalties, but it means he's engaged. Right. And he seemed pretty, pretty ecstatic after his first goal. He's ready to, he's ready to go and have a good start to the season. And for a guy who put up something like 60 ish points last year, I mean, I think he can do better than that this year. So the only, but I mean, Bergeron, Captain, Captain Perfection, getting the boys going to start the year, parked in front. People call him – I'm trying to remember who it was on the TNT panel. I feel like it was Rick Tockett last week, but he called him a skilled grinder, and everybody knows what Tockett means when he says that. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not an insult. Like Bergeron has elite skill, but he has elite work ethic, and that goal, which was a smart shot from Pasternak off the pad um, – you know, they, the top six look good, and obviously there's an injury to Jake DeBrusque. I don't know if we know any more about that, but no. besides Montgomery that... Didn't, Montgomery said he didn't have an update tomorrow morning, probably. So besides that, it was kind of, you know, it was it was a good night for the top six. It's, again, considering it's the first game of the season, and on the one hand, yeah, people are sloppier because it's the first game of the season, but, you know, that could go for both ways, and, and the Bruins were, you know, they didn't have a great second period, obviously, but they... um they had a good night. Yeah, the DeBrusque injury happened in the second period where he's in the corner and he gets cross-checked. It really should have been a penalty and just goes down awkwardly and, you know, it was clearly favoring, like, his right hand, wrist, forearm area. And then actually took a couple shifts after it to close out the period, um, but didn't return for the third. Like Bridget said, no no update from Montgomery afterwards. Um, you know, it, you figure that's probably one of those situations where maybe in the moment, you know, adrenaline's going and you think you're going to be okay. You kind of shake it off and get back out there. Then you get into the locker room between periods and you know what it turns out it's worse than initially thought. So 
we'll see. You know, you know, obviously can't really speculate. I, I, I would assume it's not broken. Like if it was broken, I think you would kind of know that right away, but we'll see if he ends up. Yeah. I, I would think time. like you're not taking another shift. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're dealing with like something broken or fractured or anything, I noticed that when he obviously it was upper body one, when he came off the bench, the trainer was like massaging his palm. So I don't know if you can read anything into that, but they were like kind of testing out his palm maybe could be wrist. Um, so we're, we're not obviously getting an update on that today, but just something that I noticed. Um, but yeah, I mean, you lose, you lose to brusque. I think they were playing Smith up, um, after that point. Yeah. They're rotating a little bit, but yeah, Smith definitely got the most time there. Yeah. And so you, you hope he's not out cause you're already dealing with the Marshawn injury on the left side. You don't want to deal with a injury on the right side. And you know, that line had success last season. You kind of wanted that to just continue and the chemistry to continue, um, it could be a you know completely different look, except for Bergeron next game. We don't know. So, but um, on a positive note, Hall did look really comfortable there playing on the left side of Bergeron, um, and also thought he looked comfortable on the power play. Uh, the power play was, well, at least in the first period, uh, very cohesive. And uh, my I noticed this a few times that Lindholm was a really good quarterback of the power play. I thought he was in the right position to stop pucks from coming out. He was, um, you know, he was always finding the open lanes to pass it. So I thought he looked good there. Yeah, power play looked good. I think they scored on their first power play. Yes. They won one. And I felt like, you know, the rhythm of the game kind of, after the Bruins went up three to nothing, the rhythm of the game obviously just kind of went against them. I felt like there were a lot of consecutive power plays for Washington. And um, anytime that happens, it's just, it just kind of ruins the the flow of the game. And so I, I think the Bruins, they may have had two early on, but after their first power play goal, I feel like they didn't get a chance until later in the game and the game had changed by then and didn't, didn't look as good as the first power play did. But um, again, what, they're ha- the Kings. what happened in the second period was Mantha goal, Bruins penalty, Sherry goal, another Bruins penalty. So it was just like ended up being a very defensive period for them. And when you have all those different things, it kind of just, you know, each of those different things cuts the momentum if you are starting to get it back going. Yeah, I think at one point they were getting out shot like nine nothing in the second period or something. Like yeah, they they had absolutely no rhythm. They're spending too much time in their own zone, like you said, taking penalties, killing penalties. Um you know, really lost their rhythm. Montgomery highlighted that after the game, said, you know, basically second period, we got too far away from the way we want to play. But, you know, good response in the third to keep it at 3-2 and then be able to expand the lead again um, and get it to 4-2 again, thanks to Krejci and Pasternak. Krejci uh, makes a nice pass. Actually, Krejci starts in his own zone with just a calm play to move the puck behind the net. That gets the breakout started. Then it's crazy up to Pasternak for a breakaway. Pasternak can't finish, but Krejci's right there to clean up the rebound. So, um, you know, really the the exclamation point on what was already a, a strong game for them. And, you know, I think their their game kind of mirrored, like, the, the team's game. Like, they didn't have the best second period either. Um, Krejci, uh, during his post-game press conference, that was, like, the first thing he brought up was, you know, we – got away from our game in the second, but I liked how we responded. 
Um, so, you know, that's exactly what you want to see because it's early in the season. There's going to be sloppy stretches in games. You know, you're going to give up one or two goals. You probably shouldn't, but how do you respond? You know, can you bounce back and you close out the game? And they did that line did. So that's uh that's what, especially if the does miss any, miss any time, then it's even more pressure on Krejci and Pasternak. You know, they're already, at least in terms of offense, probably the top line right now. You take DeBrusque away, and I think that becomes the case even more. Yeah, it's, you know, their their depth is going to be tested early and often. Um, didn't take long for that to happen, right? Uh, already going into the year, it was being tested, and now you lose another top six winger. Just when you got Taylor Hall back, who almost missed the opener as well. So, um yeah, that's uh, the injury bug is it's it's alive and well. It's kind of interesting, guys. The the Bruins have flipped the script on Washington the last like two or three seasons. They struggled mightily against them. Even even though the Bruins had have accumulated one of the best records in the NHL over the last decade, you know, ten years, they always struggled against Washington. But ever since that playoff series in the bubble, or I guess it was when fans are coming back, they've just kind of owned Washington a little bit, um, which is nice, I suppose. But um, yeah, it, it's it was a good win. Good showing for the top six. We'll see how how it plays out going forward. Yeah, and just one last thought on you know Montgomery post game talking about the team, uh, and it, it wasn't just about the top six, but one of the strengths he said for the team was he just said I like how we stick together, and you could see that um, like throughout the game. I thought that the top two lines did that very well. They when they struggled um, the second period, they came back and rebounded in the third period, and they did kind of end up sticking together. So I thought that was interesting that Montgomery started off by saying that um, when he was asked about what he liked about his first win, um, that's what he said. Yeah. And probably is worth noting that Washington didn't have Tom Wilson. He's out till December. So that's not only one of their best players, but also like, you know, one of their key identity center set identity setters. Um, and they don't have Nicholas Backstrom. They might not have him all year. He had a like really serious and like rare hip surgery. I think it's called like um, hip resurfacing. So it, it sounds like he's out like most of the season, if not the entire season. So, um, you know, Capitals pretty banged up out of the gate as well. So two teams, not, not what they're going to be later in the year. Yeah. Wilson's out till December. I think I, yeah. I read. So, yeah, so he's and he's one of the guys that the Bruins like gets under the Bruins skin more than anyone in the league. So he's he usually impacts a game and you know, whether it's being a pest or scoring cuz he's he's a good player on top of being an agitator. So So did you guys want to take this chance to kind of uh address kind of go in order I suppose the, the bottom six. I know it got tinkered around with the DeBrusque injury, but I mean, I, worth commenting on them right now. I mean, obviously no, uh, no sick Felino and Lauco made their debut as a line. Um, and Greer made his NHL debut with the Bruins in the regular season, that is, and got a chance to play with Coyle and Smith until Smith had to leave that line for, for injury to DeBrusque. I guess initial thoughts on those lines did they did they jump off the page to you? Did they wow you? Were they just okay? Were they not okay? Well, I guess I'll start with the with the fourth line because that's what the that's what the Bruins started with. That was the line they throughout to open the game was Felino, Nosek, and Lauko. And uh, I thought they had a 
good for a shift. Lauko, I thought, had a really good game. He draws two penalties in the third period, which was a key part of of shutting down, you know, Washington's comeback bid. Hard to come back if you're killing penalties. Um, so that was good. Both came from him just being aggressive. One, he goes in on the four check and ends up getting held by the defender. They probably could have taken both. You know, uh, Lauko was doing some clutching and grabbing during that himself, but draws the penalty. The other one just using his speed to try to get to the outside and he gets tripped. So I, I liked his game. I think he, you know, for all the people who have wondered like why he's here and, you know, whatever that someone else should be playing over him. Like this is why he's there speed and, and being aggressive in the four check. Um, I think Montgomery's used the word relentless for him. Like, this is what they want, and that's you saw that tonight. Um, as a whole, I thought that line um, slowed down a bit as the game went on and spent probably too much time in their own zone. Um, you know, just using the the fancy numbers, they the Bruins got out attempted ten to two when they were on the ice, so outshot six to one. Like that's that's not great. Those numbers don't. You know, that's not gonna hold like they weren't on the S for a goal. So that's fine. But over a long period of time, like that's not going to hold up. You can't spend that much time in your own zone. Um, even if you are, you know, getting some defensive assignments, um, the, the Greer coil Smith line. That was, that was solid. Like, I didn't think they really jumped off the page and in a positive or a negative way. Greer had three shots on goal. I thought, you know, he looked pretty active at times, he, uh, like Lauko in on the four check. Um, that's really, you know, a big reason why both of them are here. And I thought uh, that you saw saw a bit of that from both of them. Yeah, post game when Montgomery was asked about Lauko, he said that, you know, one of the main reasons why he wanted him on the team to start the season was because of his ability to draw those kinds of penalties. So um, he acknowledged that he he gave him some compliments after the game uh, to talk about Greer. He didn't end up getting a lot of ice time. He got under 10 minutes of ice time. Um, you know, that was, I think that was the fewest, even less than Debrusque, even though, um, you know, Debrusque didn't play any in the third period, but talking about Nosik centering the fourth line, uh, he once again, just like someone you never notice until, unless you're like consciously telling yourself like, pay attention that he's on the ice that that being said like that's kind of a negative obviously um but that being said he did rack up a lot of times on the a lot of time on the penalty kill over four minutes um on the penalty kill so he's still valuable in that way um and once DeBrusque got injured they threw Felino on the second power play unit so um they they you know kind of give him a chance there yeah and penalty penalty kill goes four for four against a good power play, a dangerous power play. And Nosek led all forwards in shorthanded time. Um, played a minute more shorthanded than than any any other forward. He was at 403. Coyle was next at 303. Um, only Connor Clifton, Derek Forbert got more PK time in general. So yeah, like that's a big reason why Nosek is here. And I know, you know, I think we're sort of on the same page in terms of like I feel like, you know, you can teach guys to kill penalties and it's not, 
like if someone else is much better five and five, it's not a great reason to to keep someone around. But the Bruins obviously value it. Like it's a big part of why Derek Forbort, you know, remains in the lineup even at times when he struggled last year. I think that's going to continue under Montgomery. Like I think he, I think similar to Cassidy, he does put a lot of value in those guys who can eat up minutes on, on the PK. And um, it's, you know, it's why I think forward's going to stay in, like even as the Bruins get healthier on defense, even as you add Anton Strahlman into this group, who they just signed to a, to a one-year deal. Um, and I think it's why Nosek remains on this team, why he didn't get waived and why he was in the opening night lineup over Stanika and not even saying I agree with that. Cause I, I don't honestly, like I would have rather, I would rather just play Stanika, but this is, this is why they're doing it. To the Stanika point. Uh, I was, I was hoping he would get a chance to start the season as well. And one of the things that was least looking forward to this game was watching the fourth line. So I was like very excited to watch the, the check line. Um, and I wasn't really looking all that much forward to the way that they constructed this fourth line. I thought Stanika should have been in there. Uh, worth mentioning, like, Bellino and Riley both get waived, but both play in the game. So it's just it, – it was it was a weird move. It was a weird day for those guys, but they, they still end up playing opening night. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how that psychologically affects anyone, um, but I did think – Riley played decent as well. Uh, Felino, I, I didn't notice anything really that I, he did. What? I did not think Riley played decent. I thought he had a pretty bad game, honestly. I mean, he, he jumps up. I thought up, he started he, out strong, but then faded a little. Well, I mean, he it, you sort of saw the, uh, the yin and yang of Mike Riley being as active offensively as he is, right? Like, he jumps up for the one goal where he makes the pass. He, you know, he becomes the fourth man in the rush. He makes the pass over to Pasternak, who then feeds Hall for the goal. He's a big part of that goal. Great job. But then he gets caught up ice twice on, on two goals against um, one where he commits a turnover along the boards. And Krejci had actually circled back into position to cover for him, but it ends up being kind of like a bouncing puck situation hops over Krejci's sticks and the Capitals had gone the other way. Connor Clifton didn't help him out defending the two on one because he uh, slid to, to Georgia. I think like he, I don't know where Connor Clifton ended up on that one, but uh, he was not in position to make a play. Um, and then the other one. It, so the second one was interesting because Montgomery said after the game that he'll live with it. Um it gets turned over because Pasternak's shot gets blocked and the Capitals go the other way two on one or really three on one. And Riley had been down like almost below the faceoff dots. And there, in that case, there really wasn't someone covering for him. But I think when Montgomery says he'll, he'll live with it. I think what he means is one, he ch- is in general is going to trust Pasternak that if he's going to take the shot, he's not going to shoot right into a body. It was not a great decision by Pasternak to shoot that puck um, with a defender right in front of him. Or two, for Pasternak to see Riley, who what was actually wide open on the play, like he didn't have anyone on him, 
So that could have been a, a passing option for Pasternak. So I guess that's why Montgomery says he's going to live with it. But these are kind of some of the the growing pains that are, that are going to happen. But, uh, you know, it doesn't look great for Riley to be the defenseman who's caught up ice on, on both of those. Yeah, he tried to do that, like, sliding, diving block on the first one. And it just, like, redirected off of him, you know, right. I think it was right to Mantha. So it ended up it, – it, it ended up almost working, but obviously it makes it through and, and um, ends up with, you know, Allmark being completely out of place because it went off speed and he was just completely on the other side of the net for that one. Not, nothing he could have done about that. Yeah. And I, again, like in fairness, so the, in fairness to Riley in that one, like he does get back and he, if Clifton plays it better, Riley probably has a chance to tie up Mantha's stick. But instead, like I said, like Clifton slides into the eighth row and Riley's now dealing with his own mini two-on-one because Clifton took himself out of the play. Well, so um, you guys pretty much covered the D. Um, I did have a couple of thoughts real quick, though, on the, on the, on the third line. Real quickly, though, on, on, on Coyle and Smith. I, they, had a, they had a non-existent training camp. I was hoping for more out of them tonight. Like, you know, it's, I understand it's the first game of the season, but they got they got to they got to show me a little bit more than than just being out there. Um, and then as far as as far as Nosek goes, not to jump back to him, but just to chime in real quick because didn't really get a chance to. I think on the penalty kill, he's a six foot four traffic cone. I mean, at least at least Derek Forber is is engaged and active and forces the issue. To me, Nosek just he knows the area where he's supposed to be and he and he has stick position but he's not forcing anybody to make mistakes he's not diving in front of of shots to to clear to prevent it from getting to the net he's not even that great at ice in the puck i feel like he flutters it out half the time so I, i'm i'm over no sick um and and oh by the way i don't know if you guys heard this but um do you know the bruins have uh they have, they had six checks in the lineup tonight i don't know if tnt mentioned it enough but uh, just in case you guys weren't aware, they had six guys from Czechia in the Czech Republic, um, as, as uh, Darren Pang and others said at nauseum. Um, but anyway, so back to the defense you guys are talking about. Again, it's it's it, it's a it's a growing pain in this new Jim Montgomery system where they want they encourage the guys to take some rushes and and jump into the play actively, which I don't understand. I no, I do understand, but it's not like Bruce Cassidy teams weren't, weren't jumping into the play. So it's not like, it's not like Bruce Cassidy was doing a Claude Julian system. Like he engaged, he engaged the defense too. So it shouldn't be that tough of a transition to Jim Montgomery's system. Like they, it wasn't like Cassidy was not a non D transition guy. Yeah, I agree. And like, you know, it's interesting because you're right. Like when Cassidy was brought in, it was, they're going to be more offensive and they were early on. And then it's like, I don't know for it's almost like over the years you start to become a little more conservative, like especially I think where he saw that like he could coach a team that could be among the best defenses in the NHL, that kind of, that becomes your identity and it becomes really hard to like give that up to then be told, you know, Hey, we need to create more offense. Even if that means, you know, giving up more chances, like it's hard as a coach to, to sort of accept that or, or to teach that. Cause you're like, well, I'm kind of, you know, I've helped coach them into being such a great defense in the first place. Like, why would I want to give that up? Um, so you're right. Like it's not a, 
it's not as big of a difference as some people have made it out to be. Because, like you said, like defensemen could get involved in in uh, Cassidy's system. We saw that plenty. Like McAvoy and Grizzly would end up down low in the offensive zone all the time. Like that, they had plenty of freedom. Um, you know, I, I do think what Montgomery wants is I, I think it's almost just kind of different areas that guys are going to pop up. Like the TNT broadcast highlighted tonight, the, instead of like the defenseman just staying in front of the net as the breaker gets started, start heading up ice so that the defenseman is almost where you would normally see like a center. Like they're now in the middle of the ice as part of the rush. Um, and then it's more, I think it's encouraging all defensemen to get involved. So like maybe Cassidy would give that freedom to McAvoy and Grizzly and maybe sometimes Riley if he's playing well, but like Carlo didn't do it as much. You know, I don't think he dared ask Forboard to do it and we'll see like if Montgomery can get something out of those guys or, you know, if they even have that in them, but it seems like Montgomery at least wants to, wants to try to do that. Like, especially Carlo. I think Montgomery legitimately feels like there's, even if it doesn't reflect in points, that there's more that Carlo can give in terms of being active in the offensive zone, um, which at times in the past, you know, he's been very inactive in the offensive zone. And one person that you didn't mention there on the defense was Zaboral. I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to say about him. Um, I thought he was solid tonight. I thought it was a bit of a bounce back for him from, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, right? Like that first preseason game, it's his first game back from it, torn ACL, and he's great. You know, playing with and against a bunch of minor leaguers, he's the best player on the ice. And then as camp went on, he slowed down a bit. He definitely didn't finish as strong as he started. Um, I thought the last preseason game on Saturday, I thought it was his worst preseason game. So, you know, you, you do kind of wonder like, okay, where is he actually at as the season starts? And I thought he was better, uh, tonight in, in the opener. I not, you know, didn't blow me away. Wasn't great, but at least wasn't making some of the mistakes that we saw on Saturday. And, you know, that's going to be crucial because it's probably, you know, look, we mentioned a couple times, but like they did just sign Strawman. He has not officially been added to the active roster yet. I guess there's some visa issues they're working through. But once he is, uh, barring Jake DeBrus going on IR, someone has to get moved from the roster, whether it's Grizzlick to short term IR, if he's still isn't quite game ready or, or someone's going down to the minors. Um, but also means someone's coming out of the lineup and then Grizzly, we think is going to be back pretty soon. He's been practicing in a uh, full contact Jersey for almost a full week. Now that's another body. And, you know, I think Zaboral along with Riley and Clifton, those are the guys battling to stay in the lineup. Um, we know Lindholm set Carlos set, Grizzly and Strawman, I think, are both going to play once they're ready to go. Like I mentioned, right or wrong, I think Forbert's going to stay in because of his penalty killing and his, you know, kind of D-zone just, I don't know, stoutness, I guess. 
Um, I think it comes down to Zaboro, Riley, Clifton as the guys that are battling to, to stay in the lineup. So Zaboro's, you know, got to get on track pretty quickly. And I thought, I thought Wednesday night was a, a decent enough start towards that. I think Forbert is one of those guys you need, you need a guy like Forbert in your decor. I, I, I he's grown on me over the last you know, little while uh, dating back to last year. Like he's not, you know who he is, right? He's not going to wow you, but every, every, every strong decor needs that kind of guy that's going to willing to eat those shots and, 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 and need to play that role. So I, I, I'm, I'm all for Forbert kind of having a steady role in that, in that, that, that third pair. It's more so the guys that you were mentioning, Scott, that are kind of, I don't want to say redundant because everybody has a unique skill set, but more or less brings the same thing to the table. Some just a little bit better than others, probably. Scott Bridget, quickly before my Wi-Fi runs out, let's talk about the goaltending. Jim Montgomery went with all mark over Swayman. Is he vindicated in this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think all mark was a little bit better during preseason and, and training camp, and probably just going off that had earned the opening night start, and he played really well Wednesday night, so we know it's going to be pretty much a split. Montgomery has already said the first four games are getting split evenly. And then, you know, they'll go from there. Um, I expect that the regular season as a whole to go much the same as last year, where they basically split 50, 50. Um, That just seems logical. You know, I don't, I still don't think that they want one or the other to be playing like, 55 60 games now look if one ends up being much better than the other then sure at some point you start to ride that goalie but early on there's no indication that one is you know meaningfully ahead of the other so Allmark gets a start because he was a little better in camp in preseason plays well assuming Swayman's going to start Saturday um and you know probably going to be more or less a rotation. They might ride a hot hand, you know, for a two, three, maybe four game stretch here and there. But for the most part, uh, you know, they're going to split and then you hope that they play well. And then, you know, in the second half of the season, we get to start discussing, you know, who's the number one for the playoffs. Yeah. And last year, if you guys recall, I think it was February that Swayman just had like an unreal month and just put up, amazing numbers and so like he was the hot hand they were riding at the time and then other times it it was all mark and and something that Montgomery said earlier in the week was that he thinks that it'll be a semi-even split but by the time playoffs start he wants to know the number one so it almost feels like you know most of the season is going to be up for grabs and then maybe in the playoffs he's going to try to lean on one guy more than the other but as of right now first month we're going to probably see almost an even split. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to touch on before I ruin this podcast any further with my, with my internet connection or <laughs> lack thereof? Yeah. Can we, can we like get a go funny for Brian's internet or something? <laughs> I haven't seen anything like this in my life. Uh, full bars record every week. No issue. Now I just oh, I feel you- like I'm somewhere in Alaska. <laughs> you know, is that where you've been? Um, you know, I did have one other thing I thought of yesterday, which was fa- quick fashion segment. Um, L.A. King's helmets. <laughs> that oh, that game yeah, in the... general, the fashion of of the Knights uh, Kings game in general. I thought Brian and and Scott, you might have some opinions on. I gotta tell you, for like a good half of that game, 
I couldn't decide whether I liked what either team was doing uh, uniform-wise. Vegas with the, the gold jerseys. I, I guess I like... I initially hated that they were going with the gold as their primaries now instead of because I actually liked the the dark gray jerseys that you know they've had since their inception as an organization. Um I guess I was kind of like in the minority on that, but I didn't think the golds looked as bad as I expected them to. I'm still not totally sold on them. It's the, the tone. Cr- it's like the mustard-ish hue yeah. to it. It's what it's similar to like how I've never really been able to get behind the Predators jerseys. Like, I don't know. And also why, like, I probably don't never loved like the Pooh Bears. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> yellow jerseys are, are tough. Tongue. Although the, the Bruins reverse retros were great. That was the one the, like yellow shade colored jersey that I can get behind. Um, the chrome helmets for the Kings. Love them. It took me, it took me a while to fig, to come to that conclusion watching them but i feel like they're fan. distracting I think, I think especially for an la team like the whole like tinsel town thing like that really fit that really does it for me i thought that, thumbs up for me on that one i feel like you could have seen your reflection in those. <laughs> those and they were just they were very like they were like a reflector it was like it was too too flashy too like distracting <laughs> i don't know maybe that's just me those chrome helmets suck. <laughs> they glow. I can't stand them. I think they're childish. They hurt okay. Time for Brian's walk. internet to cut out again. <laughs> I can't stand them. It's like it's like it's like a ten year old's club hockey team in NHL that they created after after their fifth grade spelling test. Um, don't like the Golden Knights mustard jerseys either. I, I'm with you on the Preds. Same thing. I don't like them. It's just dull. I mean. Design's okay. I like the Golden Knights uh, Lake Tahoe jerseys. They should have done those. And Scott, by the yeah. way, you you had a tweet about Cassidy because we haven't really talked about him, but he had his first game coaching the Golden Knights, and Phil Kessel <laughs> was back checking. And I saw I saw like a, a nice sarcastic tweet from Scott. <laughs> yeah, just give him the Jack Adams already. He got Phil Kessel to back check. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's Scott's like, always good for those little zingers. No one's gonna have a better coaching move than that this year. <laughs> I, right. I, I I appreciate the fashion segment, Bridget. It's been a you're also, welcome. Really, it's been a long it's been a long day for me, so that fashion segment actually kind of got me in a good move before I drive an hour back to Boston right now. So I'm glad you stuck around for it and and didn't lose your Wi Fi. You, you, know, you know what my you know what my issue has been all day? Computer issues. But not Wi-Fi issues. It's been it's been a, a computer issues I've been dealing with all day, and then I think I can have some hour of solace talking about the Bruins for an hour with full bars of Wi-Fi. And then eh, no, sorry, bud, we're gonna mess you a little bit further. So <laughs> Isn't it because you dropped your laptop in something the other day? No, this is a new one. This is a new one. No, it's 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 not the computer. It's like it's it's Adobe. It's Adobe issues I'm having with like the cloud issues and everything's. Uh, I think you need to bring it back. I think yeah, you need I mean, to bring the computer back, Brian, because we just lost him again. <laughs> Brian, Brian's going to be throwing this computer into something. He's going to run it over with his car and, and after he gets insurance for it. Bruins win 5-2 opening night. They're back in action on Saturday, guys. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Hey.